Okay, brethren, at this time, we're going to have our second message brought to us by David Hope, and it is entitled, Did God Sanction the Change from Sabbath to Sunday? Thank you, Mr. Steele. Thanks for the music today. Beautiful, beautiful song. I always like the, when they have special music. It puts me in a good mood, and I can speak a little bit. But anyway, it's good to see everyone here. It's a beautiful Sabbath day today, and I think most of us are very are very feel very fortunate to be able to be here. There's so many people throughout the world, throughout our country, that can't do this, you know. And, and you know, we're so blessed, so privileged to have one another here, and I'm so glad to, you know, that all of you are here today also. Uh, a little bit of caution, though, I'm kind of, a, I'm a little bit more afraid, I think, of the, the knee virus than I am the, the COVID virus, you know. Uh, Carolyn Grayson had to have a knee replacement there a while back. Uh, Rick gave us having a problem right now, and, and Mark McGarvey is having a problem. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not about your future, and it, your process you're going to have before long? I'm sorry? Two weeks. I, I've got permission to say that now. <laughs> Mark's going to have a, a, a procedure in two weeks, and uh, uh, Mr. Andrews had to take my place speaking last week because, uh, you know, I, I couldn't do anything. Uh, uh, but anyway, it's so much better today. Uh, I had uh, uh, steroids shot or something really put in there, and it got to where I could at least, you know, quit hobbling around, but I didn't want to uh, have attention drawn to me. But anyway, I appreciate uh, uh, Mr. Andrews sticking in, or trading with me, put it that way. But anyway, but uh, I don't know whether the mask will help that COVID thing or not. Uh, not COVID thing, I'm sorry. Uh, the knee injury thing, you know, I've been sitting pretty close to Mark and Rick right over there too, so I don't know whether the mask would help on the, the knee deal or not, but anyway. Just trying to be hilarious, uh, Reggie, trying to go along with your message. Humor. My humor's not the best sometimes. You know, when God said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, do you think it matters to God that man has moved that day from its regular scheduled routine and the rotation, do you think he then and rotated it to another day? Only basically, it's only one day, isn't it? You know, just one day difference in it. Do you think God does it make any difference to God? My subject today is the seventh day Sabbath of the Bible, and that it is, I think, very important to God, which is uh, which is the seventh day. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting lost there. But let me be clear. I want to say one thing very clearly. I'm not picking on people that don't observe Saturday Sabbath. I'm not picking on the people that, that go to church on Sunday. There's some very good people. I have good friends, and I know a lot of you out here have good friends that go to church on Sunday. They're very good people. They're very, you know, Jesus Christ is our Savior. He died for their sins. And, uh, you know, they... they aren't to the point where I think we are right now with the understanding that we have. I think it's a fabulous blessing to, uh, you know, to understand that. And I'm, like, I'm going to let God judge them because, you know, they'll, some of them will come out probably better in the 
squirrel tomorrow than me, you know, because of their dedication. But uh, I'm not picking on them because uh, I was I was one of them for at one time, and a lot of us were. And uh, but anyway, but, but when I go on speak, uh, just just remember, I'm not trying to pick on these people because they're good people, good people. And, and uh, if, if any of them are sitting out here today, you know, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings at all. But I do, one thing I do want to do, I want to appeal to your sense of reason and your ability to analyze and compare the scriptures one with another. You know, we're not, we're not stupid. We all have a good mind and we, we are required, I think, to use our mind. And I want to appeal to your reasoning. If somebody out here, you know, in the future, and I'll say hi to everyone out here on the online today and hope everyone is doing well but uh, uh, anyway I, I want people to uh, uh, well I lost my thought I'm getting a, a I would say a Biden moment I mean a, yeah, I'm going <laughs> anyway but uh, I want you to analyze I want you to be able to use your own mind forgive me uh, I am going to start my my process anyway give you a little bit of an outline I'm going to start in the last book of the Bible Revelation most of us know Revelation I'm going to touch on a few scriptures in the New Testament which there are many well, not a whole lot that pertain to this but anyway a few more scriptures in the New Testament then I'm going to go all the way over to the first book of the Bible over chapter Genesis chapter 1 and 2 so and then uh, most likely, if I have time, I'll end up in the last book of the Bible, too, in, in the Revelation. So coming up, coming up is some of the best shots for changing the Sabbath to Sunday, you know. And for the most part, there's only about eight really good scriptures that, that they use. There's others that uh, they'll try to finagle around and, and try to imply, you know, it means something. And even on the ones that they use that I'm going to talk about and... Uh, uh, you know, this, this is some of their best. And one of them, some of you have heard me mention this before a few years ago. It, I don't know how many years. It's been a few years ago. And, and uh, seemed like all of, all of us speakers, uh, sooner or later you're going to have to repeat yourself on something. And, uh, of course, we do it on the holy days every year anyway. So if that's okay, it's okay once in a while. Because some, some people have not heard some of the messages that all of us have given over the years anyway. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, there's one that has really gotten into my crawl many a time, and I've said this and expressed it many a time. And here's a great perversion of Scripture. Revelation 1, verse 9 through 11. And it's talking about the Lord's Day. I'm reading now uh, Revelation uh, 1, verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And most of us realize that, uh, and scholars uh, will bear that out, that uh, most likely this is a prison type thing, you know. He was exiled in the, uh, in the uh, island of uh, Patmos. I was in spirit, verse 10, 
I was in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. And, uh, and anyway, we're not going to read about those, but we'll read to them. Uh, in Asia, and to Ephesus, Samar- uh, Smyrna, Pergamos, Tyra, Tyra, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And of course, at one time, we always thought we were the Philadelphian church years ago. But anyway, uh, many, uh, many, many of the scholars, and, and uh, you can call the uh, 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 writers of the commentaries, uh, some people call them scholars. I kind of debate on that, but uh, uh, nobody's ever said anything particular to me, but I've, I've sounded kind of cocky and arrogant sometimes when I pick on them some of the uh, reasonings that they come up with, and this is one of the biggest ones that I have a problem with when when they take this. And But anyway, I'll, I'll just read one. There's several of them. I don't have time to go into a lot of them. Uh, I, I'll pick uh, this particular one because it's probably one of the most concise. It's easier. It, it don't take long to do. Some of them are, are, are very wordy, but they all come up with the same conclusion that the Lord's Day is Sunday. And we hear that all the time now. But they claim that Sunday. And here's, uh, this one is from Adam Clark, and I'm just reading the condensed version. I was in spirit on the Lord's Day. And here's what he says. I was in spirit. That is, I received the spirit of prophecy and was under its influence when the, when the first vision was exhibited. And I agree with that. You know, he was in spirit. Some of them think, and I'll just digress a little bit, some some of the scholars will say, oh, well, he was already out here on Sunday, you know, the first day of the week. And, and since he couldn't be in Sabbath service or Sunday school services, you know, because he was marooned on this island, he was just in ecstasy. You know, you can be in, in, in the presence of God and be in ecstasy, you know, and, and that's what a lot of them say. You know, he was just absolutely overjoyed and just happened to be you know on Sunday that uh, this this vision came and, and you know and he started writing uh, Revelation if you don't believe me look in it yourself if you've got commentaries and a lot of you have um, uh, on your uh, telephone you know the east sword and my sword and and uh, Roy McGrew gave me a program here years ago it was really good I love the thing I uh, if my computer goes down I want to fix that one before I do my new computer uh, anyway, but it, it's got several, seven or eight compu- uh, uh, of those people on there. But anyway, uh, most of them will come up with the same synopsis, Sunday. And then they'll say, well, this was the first time it was ever used. But then you go back and look at other places on there. Why didn't they use it then? But they use it as the first day of the week. And uh, I'll just, uh, uh, let me See, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Sometimes I digress and I lose where I am. I need one of those little pointer things. Okay. uh, Anyway, it was under inspiration. The Lord's Day, now he's going into uh, talking about the Lord's Day. The first day of the week. Now, can you get that out of that? You take it to court and you see if you can get some of these things proved in court. Anyway, the Lord's Day, whoop. The first day of the week. That's what he's saying. That's what many of them say. 
observed as a Christian Sabbath because on it Jesus rose from the dead. Now that's another subject we've all given, uh, many of us have given messages on that, and someday we may do it again if there's enough uh, 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 demand for it. You know, some of the people have not seen it, we can do that again. Or if you, if you have a problem on that, some of these things, ask any of our men that speak up here, and most of the women that have been around for a long time can answer these questions for you. Uh, they study a lot. But anyway, because Jesus rose from the dead, you know, on the first day of the week, what they say. Now, it's not my place to get into that today, but, I, but we can all prove that's not it. You know, the first day of the week, when, well, and I'll get into a little bit of that in a minute. I'm not going to go a whole lot, but that's another message. Um, let me see. Christ rose from the dead. Therefore, it was called the Lord's Day. Really? He's, you know, the, the commentaries are saying John called it the, the, the Sabbath day. You know, that's the first time it was ever used. Right there at the end, you know, probably the last book written. And John wrote and said, it was called the Lord's Day and, taken, and has taken place of the Jewish Sabbath. This was, did you know that was a Jewish Sabbath? What they say? Throughout the Christian world. The meaning Lord's Day is the same day, and the meaning of it is the same day as the Day of the Lord. You know, most of us know what the Day of the Lord is, and it's not a happy time at all. It's not a joyous time. The Day of the Lord, and many things, many uh, places has its gloom and doom and all this stuff. And uh, I'll just uh, blurt out, just in fact, uh, uh, the, the day of the Lord is mentioned, so what I've found in, in mine is about 25 times in the Bible. Most of it's in the world, in the Old Testament, but about 25 times in the entire Bible. A lot of you have your own uh, tablets and stuff out here now, and you can always check me out, you know. And in fact, uh, somebody, if they, they feel obligated to, they can correct me. Uh, but anyway, uh, but it's referred... Uh, Okay, I'm not going to read this, but there's there's, uh, about two or three scriptures here that you can just look up, just um, uh, that that does pertain to it a little bit. Revelation 4, uh, 1 through 2, says, Immediately I was in spirit. And there's other places talking about that, you know, about the vision of Peter, you know, and Cornelius and the the situation there, uh, you know. uh, 2 Peter 3, 10, the day of the Lord. In 2 Peter 3.12, a couple of verses down, the day of God. But anyway, that's just kind of a version. Uh, Here are some main scriptures the Reformers used to prove that uh, the scriptures were Sunday observance. And one of them is uh, John 20. John 20, 18-20. And Mary Magdalene and came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, listen to this, same day at evening being Sunday, being the first day of the week, which it was the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. And they say this was the first church service, first Sabbath Sunday service after Jesus died. This, and many of the, the commentaries, many of the uh, so-called experts will tell you the same thing. This was, they were having 
Sunday services. This gives credence to it. And Jesus backed it up by showing up there. Jesus went there. And, and this just, just put more credence on it. And we know what Sunday is. We know that Sunday is important in, in all of this scheme. You know, we've given messages, heard messages every year about uh, uh, the Passover, the Days of Unleavened Bread, the wave sheaf offering, remember, happened on Sunday, the morrow after the Sabbath. Sunday was always important, you know, back in Moses' day and all time. It wasn't just this time that Sunday had to be important, and it wasn't a church service. It said for uh, doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. And I'm just saying it could have been locked. I don't know, but I mean it could have been locked, you know, to keep the Jews out because they were afraid. They were afraid they were going to be taken up, beaten, and killed like Jesus was. Anyway, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. So Jesus showed up and, and, and gave his uh, 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 credence for the Sunday. You know, he showed up. That's what they say. And when he had, you know, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, you know, where he was nailed to the stake, the cross. And, uh, and, his, and then were the disciples glad, not that he was beaten, but that when they saw it was the Lord, then he was alive. They were glad. I'm going to skip a few verses here. Uh, John 20, verse 24, just right on down, just save time. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So on, on, the, the, moral, on, on the first day of the week, Thomas wasn't there. You know, he just, all the other 11 were, or 10, I guess, were there. Judas wasn't there. But verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except, and Thomas said it, except I shall see his hands and the print of the nails and put my, hand, my finger into the print of the nails and trust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And some of us would probably be the same way. I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I don't necessarily believe all salesmen, well, they were salesmen, but anyway, uh, I, many of us would have been the same thing. You know, well, let's uh, be nice. You know, I'd like to see him resurrected from the dead, but I want to see this. I want to see where he was done. Okay, now listen to this. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, then came Jesus and stood being shut. Uh, Jesus, the doors being shut, just like they were last Sunday. But the thing is, this is not a Sunday. This is, what's eight days from Sunday? Anyway, Monday. So this couldn't, the second time, they did the same thing. Jesus showed up again, and it wasn't a Sunday service. They were shut in there because of the, they were afraid of the Jews. But anyway, uh, Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and I'll just say locked, which could be a heresy, but anyway, shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. That's what he said several times when he came up to them. Then, verse 27, Then said he unto Thomas, Reach here your finger and behold my hands, and reach here your hand and thrust into my side. And be not faithless, but believe. 
And, and this is one, like I said, this is one of the things, they really love this one. This is a Sunday service. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, and Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they which have not seen have not seen and yet believe. So, you know, we haven't seen a lot of the things that they did, but blessed we are that the Holy Spirit allows us to, to believe a lot of this. And I think it would be uh, even easier to believe if we, had, if we could see a little bit more miracles, you know, if we could see somebody healed right away uh, instantly, you know, it, it would help us. But there are a lot of stories going around in, in our church, and our con not just this congregation, but a lot of them, if people would just uh, uh, tell us sometimes, you know, uh, we've, we've heard some stories right here. Barnum's had a, had a witness sometime, uh, you know, I'd love to get with him again and, and rehash what he said. A lot of you out here have had absolute miracles that you, it, it's really hard to, to uh, put down and say it's just happenstance and, and all that. But anyway, but blessed we are, the fact that we do believe in, in a lot of, at times we believe because we've done a lot of research. We've proven the Bible to ourselves. Uh, 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 Steve and some others have had some really good uh, messages here uh, of, of uh, videos of, of uh, uh, what do you call evolution and, and the science. And everything. It's amazing what some of these things do. Uh, we had some of them here a few years ago when Steve was doing Bible study. Uh, and they're just absolutely fabulous when you see and you, you know Absolutely, this stuff cannot happen on its own. It's got to have a, 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 a sound mind, you know, an intelligent design to do that. But, uh, and things like that help us to believe too. Um, verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. A lot of things that went on that didn't go in here. And, and uh, just like uh, I think I gave a message one time years ago. But this book, you know, this covers, you know, from what, about 7,000 years, you know, from creation to probably the end of the millennium. And it's not very big to put all that history and all that prophecy in there. But the, the point is uh, we are given what we need to know. It's just like the military, you know, sometimes when they go out on a secret mission, they don't, a lot of times they don't even know what the mission is until they're ready to fly or get on the plane or whatever. But uh, a lot of things we don't know because we don't need to know. <coughs> Excuse me, we don't need to know. But, uh, <coughs> but even here, a lot of things that, that, that went on that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, wasn't written in, in the book. <coughs> uh, Excuse me. Which were <coughs> oh, pardon me. Wow, louder than I thought. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is is the Christ. <coughs> excuse me again. The Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Here's another scripture that they like real well and. Uh, I have taken some time, more time. Some of the others have taken more time, but I'm not going to take a lot of time. But this is one of their favorite scriptures too. Acts 20 and verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, and they'll say Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, 
you know, this, this was a Eucharist. This was a religious service, according to them. Come to break bread. Paul preached to them. See, he was preaching. Ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. Oh, I, my notes said read that out of the Bible. <laughs> I don't know that I really need to go over there. <clears throat> and save ink, save space, some of the stuff that was long. I, I decided to, to read it directly out of my Bible, even though the Bible was getting old. The page was about to come out, like some of, some of our uh, men and women out here, the Bible was about to come apart. But uh, I probably need to read a little bit just to uh, you know, see where I had... Uh, and I'll also check my time too because I don't want to keep you guys any later than 6 or 7 o'clock uh, Acts 20 verse 1 I'm going to break in up 16 okay and after the uproar was ceased Paul called unto him his, the disciples and embraced them and departed for to go to Macedonia and then you know they were they were taking trips all the time, and a lot of the people went with them. And a lot of the other books, and I don't have time to go there to give you the, the references on there, but a lot of references in some of the other books, and I may just touch on it a little bit, show you know, and you can see where some of these things fit together, you know, just by reading other scriptures. Verse two, and when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece, and there abode three months. And when the Jews had laid wait for him, and, you know, they were trying to kill him everywhere he went, and as was about to sail to Syria, he purposed to return to Macedonia. And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopata, Berea, and of the Thessalonians, Aristus, I hate these words, and Seconum, Secundus, and Gaius, and Derby, and Timothy, or Timopolis, and of Asia, Tacticus, yeah, you read it yourself, Troponis, I am ignorant, I tell you, I am uneducated. These going before tarried at Troas, you know, they were in their den, and they stayed there. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. So, you know, we see little keys every now and then about the holy days of God. And, uh, and anyway, we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came into, came into them to Troas in five days where we abode seven. And here's, here's the part, and I, I didn't really have to read all this other, but just to give you a little context. Verse 7, upon the first day of the week, and that can be the first of the week because the day is in parentheses, and several of these areas in here, even in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when it talks first day of the week and all that, they could be first of the week, but in those cases, I think it really is on the first day of the week, the Sunday. But in this particular case, uh, whether it is or whether it's not, uh, I like it to where it is. But anyway, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, I read that a while ago, uh, Paul preached to them ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. So, boy, he really got wound up in his sermon, didn't he? This was a Sunday sermon. You know, he probably started early in the morning, you know, about 10.30 or 10.45 when Sabbath school was over, or Sunday school was over, and he just preached all day. 
And then they came to, to, to uh, break bread and that, you know, this um, ceremony, this religious, you know, doing your whatever they do, the Eucharist or whatever they do. And, uh, uh, and there were many lights in the upper chambers where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man uh, named, uh, who wasn't you, Mr. Carvey? I was going to say him, but it wasn't. It wasn't no one you wouldn't go to sleep anyway. Anyway. Anyway, there they were set in the window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him and said trouble not yourselves for his life is in him when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and taken a whole long while even till break of day uh, I'll just go ahead and read as you're going to cut out but uh, the last verse in here I want to read and they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted and we went therefore to ship and sailed into Astros there intending to take in Paul for so he had appointed minding himself to go afoot so he wanted to stay there a little longer and when he met with us at Astros we took him in and came to Mytilene and we sailed then and came the next day over against Tyos and the next day we arrived at Samos and tarried at, boy, I hate these things, triglycerin. <laughs> and the next day we came to Miletus, for Paul had determined, and here's the part I want to get into, not necessarily that, but anyway, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So another place, you know, David's been living bread when he was up there, but he wanted to be there. But anyway, uh, uh, this was not a Sunday meeting. Uh, they had been traveling, and, and as Paul's custom was, to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath, and we met, we see that in a lot of other places that, that they preached. And uh, he was pretty long-winded, too, you know. And uh, But after Sabbath service was over, and they decided to, to break bread, you know, in the evening when the Sabbath was over. Uh, it said, you know, the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, you know, after whatever they did on the Sabbath, you know, many of us will break bread this evening. Some of us will have snacks back here, and and uh, uh, some some will go home, some will go out to eat somewhere, but, you know, we're going to be breaking bread. That's not a meeting, it's not a Sabbath service, it's not a Sunday service, but we're going to go out and, and break bread. Here's another uh, one of their favorites. First Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. See what my instructions here are. First Corinthians 16, verse 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints... As I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do you. Upon the first day of the week, Sunday, 
while you're having services, put your envelopes in here on the back of the pews, and I've been there, and you have too. Uh, you know, we, 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 we go to some of these sunny churches once in a while for funerals or for different things, or maybe even go for a special occasion, and they'll have these little pew thing on the deal on the back of their pew, you know, uh, with this scripture on there, you know, to, to bring your offerings on this day. Uh, on the first day of the week, let every one of you lay in store as God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. Uh, and I, I'm not going to take the time, I guess, right now to, to go into a whole lot of that, but basically, uh, and, and there's a lot of scriptures to, to uh, prove the point on that, they were, like I mentioned a while ago, they traveled a lot, and Paul was taking up offerings for uh, the poor saints back at Jerusalem, and there's a lot of other scriptures that tie in. They show the same thing. Uh, uh, like I said, this this is a message all of its own. I don't mean to leave you hanging like that, but uh, take my word for it. Trust me. That uh, uh, this this was a offering of fruit and, and uh, belongings and. If it was uh, tithes and offerings, uh, they wouldn't have to lay it in store and, and, and gather it up, you know, uh, go out and gather up their, their tithe. Uh, but anyway, this, and, and like I said, other scriptures will, will give a lot more credence to it. And, and uh, I like to give more detail than what I'm giving. Uh, Like I said, in, in other messages, I mean, in another message, we can go into more detail. Uh, here, I, I think this uh, scripture uh, uh, kind of goes along with that. You can write it down. I'm not going to go there. I don't think I have that in my uh, notes for uh, uh, the sound people back here. Uh, you could just write, <coughs> excuse me, accompanying uh, scripture as Second uh, Corinthians 9. I said 9 verse 3, but I may, I should have had that, that said 9 3, so 9 through 3, but I don't know you, if, if that doesn't show up, I'll have to look at that. I'll make myself a note because I may, may overspoke on that because I may have made a mistake and not done it right. But anyway, 2 Corinthians somewhere, 9, and Romans 15 25 goes along with that too. Uh, I'll, I'll wave at people while I'm looking at the clock. I'll look at the, wave at people at home. Uh, we'll say hi to uh, uh, Carolyn Grayson, my wife, and Renee Steele. And that's the ones I know for sure that aren't here today that hopefully they're, they're watching. And uh, I will say this. I, I appreciate what, uh, and I think a lot of you men do too, appreciate what Renee Steele is doing with the women's Bible studies. You know, it. Uh, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort that goes into that, and that's just another, another proof that our women, you know, not she's not the only one, but you know, it's proof that our women serve and they work and they give of themselves, and uh, it, it even helps us, uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me, we men, uh, for our women to do that. Sometimes it gives us fodder to chew on, to you know, make messages on, and and uh, it also helps husband and wives to spend a little more time together and, and uh, uh, talk about these things. So I, I appreciate uh, the women doing what they're doing. <laughs> Gives me a chance sometimes to bone up on my singing. I don't, most of you don't hear me sing because I, I, 
you know, my kids wouldn't even stand beside me in church, you know, worldwide, uh, to read off the same songbook because I was so bad. But last week, uh, Monday, uh, I thought they wouldn't be home until about nine. I was in my office, which is just right off the hall, and I had uh, uh, Lucille had sent me something on YouTube and had an Elvis song in there, and and he was singing "How Great Thou Art." And when I'm by myself in, in the van or something, you know, or by myself, I think I do a pretty good job, you know, I really do. Uh, you know, most of you have heard of Maria Lanza, is that it? Sometimes I think I really sound a lot like him. I've got a big range, but boy, let me get in front of people and I can't do anything. Well, I was really bellowing out uh, how great they are, and I love that song, you know, that Elvis was doing, and I, and I thought I heard the door open in the front and or maybe it was closing I don't know if a friend came in and she might have been listening to me for a little while and my voice went to pieces I could not carry a tune anyway but uh, it, it helped. next time I'm going to start singing earlier and, and uh, before I die when I get 110 I'm going to come up and sing special music anyway it's another joke Reggie more humor Okay, um, let's see, I, I mentioned Romans 15, 25 through 28. Uh, there are some other proof texts. Some of them, uh, uh, nearly all of them will use Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, right at the end of their, uh, their books where it talks about, uh, uh, you know, the end time of, of, of Jesus' life, you know, him uh, being captured and being crucified. He, excuse me, beating all that, and uh, they all mentioned the first day of the week, and they, they worded it a little bit differently. One of them, you know, I think it was Matthew 28, says, uh, uh, at the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, you know, and uh, another one, I don't remember which one it is, but it says, very early in the morning when it was yet dark, and one of them says when it yet, you know, the rising of the sun, and, but the, 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 the the scholar's point is that this was the first day of the week and Jesus rose from the dead then. They didn't know what we understand about, you know, the, the high day, the holy day, being in the middle of the week, you know, during the days of unleavened bread. You know, Jesus was, was, uh, was, was killed on, on uh, well, Wednesday evening and put in the grave on uh, Wednesday evening. It was Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday, yeah. And uh, anyway... I need to get my facts straight now. I'm doing heresy, but anyway, but there was a high day in the middle of the week, Wednesday evening, and uh, uh, we wouldn't have—I wouldn't have known that had we not been keeping the feast of uh, unleavened bread and and uh, and all that. And but anyway, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John say the same thing. I'm probably butchering that part now because I didn't have a, my notes out here. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, go to. I got to speed up, boy. Uh, let's go real quick to Genesis, the first chapter. Uh, first chapter. I'm reading verse 31, and I'll probably go to chapter two. And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Genesis 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all the host of them, and the seventh day, and on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and rested on the seventh day from all of his works which he had made. 
And God blessed. God blessed that day. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified. He set it apart for special use because that in it he rested from all his work which he had made. Uh, I'm going to have to really cover some speed here. Uh, you know, you can look on your own. Uh, I gave a message here a few years back about the title of it. It was called uh, Religion Before Moses. And you can look in different places and you get an idea that there was some form of religion being taught to the patriarchs and to the people, uh, or at least the good people back before Moses' time, even even during uh, uh, Noah. And uh, I'm just I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to refer to it right now for time. Genesis 4, 3 through 7, uh, Cain and Abel brought offerings to the Lord. Well, what were they doing? What was the situation? Why did they bring offerings? Were they keeping the Sabbath? I think they were. I can't prove it, but I think they were keeping the Sabbath then. And Cain and Abel, uh, Noah, here's another place we want to just refer to. Uh, Genesis 8, 20 through 21. Uh, Noah, you know, when they came off of the ark and, and they gave, uh, Noah built uh, an altar and had sacrifices of the clean animals and the clean birds. And uh, so it tells me that they had a form of religion. What, what were they doing with it? Uh, we don't know. God gave us what we need to know at the time. And I think it's just an inference here. And uh, I'm sure since Noah was a righteous person at that time, and that, that Noah kept the Sabbath day, the seventh day Sabbath. I'm, I'm sure he does. I can't prove it. Uh, Uh, Exodus 20, uh, and we're all familiar with that. Uh, that go really quick. The sixth, uh, Exodus 20, verse 8. The sixth day shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You nor your son nor your daughter nor your maidservant, your maidservant, your cattle and your stranger, da da da, and all that. For here's the reason why he says it. The main reason for in six days, at creation time, six days, probably two or three thousand years before that, the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed, like he did in Genesis, blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. So how did they know which was the Sabbath day anyway? Which, which, how did they know which was the seventh day? Do you have any idea? Well, we'll go back just a little bit to uh, uh, Exodus uh, 16. And uh, I was going to read quite a bit on that, but I really don't have time. I'm going to have to paraphrase. Uh, I'm, I'm not complaining. I just didn't realize the service was good. This part was going to start 15 minutes after the last hour. <laughs> so anyway, but... Uh, God knows what he's doing, so I'm going to cut, cut short. Uh, Exodus 16, verse 1 through 35. And, and to break it down, the, the Israelites were wondering, why you sent us out here? God brought us out here to die in the wilderness. And uh, he decided to, well, he already knew he was going to do it, but he gave them manna. And you'll have to check this out. But uh, like I said, I'm going to be paraphrasing. Uh, 
five days of the week he gave them manna. And I'm going to call it regular manna. And some of you have heard this before from, from me even a few years ago. But five days of the week he gave them rather regular manna. And he told them, don't let it stand up overnight, you know. It's going to get maggots in it. It's going to get worms and it's going to stink. Well, some of the people did, and it stunk and it got worms in it. That was five, five days a week that they did that, okay. Then on the sixth day of the week, God gave a double portion. You could look out your tent window, door, whatever it is, and you could see that it was piled higher and deeper, Ph.D., you know. Uh, on, on the sixth day, it was, high, it was too much. And, it was, and I call it a special uh, manna, high-octane manna, you know, because it wouldn't stink. They'd leave it up overnight. It wouldn't stink. It wouldn't get worms. It was really a, a good deal. Now, it, it didn't say it worked wait till Sunday, you know, but, uh, but anyway, it was good. Did that once a week. Then on the Sabbath, okay, like I said, it didn't stink, it didn't get worms or anything else, and they could cook, you know, they'd bake with it and all that. Then on the Sabbath, they there were no manna out there. There wasn't any out there. And I don't know if it looked like frost on your windshield or not. I had to go out the other day and scrape frost off my windshield, but, but the manna, and it described what it looked like and all that. But uh, do a little bit of math, and like I said, I'm going to speed up here a little bit. Um, do a little math. You that, that have your uh, computers out here or your, your calculators or whatever, you had regular manna five days a week for 52 weeks a year. That's 260 days that he had a miracle. 260 days in a year's time that it was a miracle. It was a miracle that it was there. How many times do you have to tell somebody something before they get the point? Now, Jim Rita said years ago, not Jim Rita, but Brian knows with our, uh, Brian, some of the, uh, and Stephen, some of them will remember when uh, uh, Jim Rita came in to take Jim, uh, Brian knows the deal. He said, You've got to tell Okies three times. And that was kind of a standing joke for a long time after Jim Rita was there. Yeah, I know, you're Okie. We've got to tell you three times. Well, God told Israel, 260 times a year times 40 years. They ate manna for 40 years. Do your math. 10,400 times that God gave them regular manna that it stunk and it got worms in it. 10,400 times. The regular manna, the special high-octane manna, once a week on a day before Sabbath on the preparation day, 52 times a year, times 40 years, and I have 2,080 times, and combine them together with the regular manna, which was a miracle, and the high-octane manna, I've got 12,480 times. Does God really mean what he what he did, could God have given them food in any other way than giving them manna? Well, Moses even questioned him one time, well, what are we going to do then? Do we kill all of our flocks and all of our geese and ducks and all that and to feed everybody? Did all the fish gather into one place and all that? You know, what are we going to do, God? Well, then God told him. You know, you can check me up. Out, I mean. 
But, uh, you know, God did that. And then you take a few handful of nebulous scriptures in the New Testament and pervert that and twist it around and say, this is the Lord's day, this is a holy day. I think God goes along with that. And you're just self-righteous, you're legalistic if you go by this old Jewish Sabbath. That's what they tell you. Uh, anyway, but you take all of it together. If, uh, you just, just take the days without the miracles in there. Well, all of it I've got, and, and this don't really have to be in the equation, but uh, I've got uh, 14,560 days that you could look out your tent or your log cabin or whatever you was in, whatever you were in, you could look out any day of the week and say, it's not the Sabbath or it is the Sabbath. You could look out 14,560 days and say, this must be the preparation day. And then to think that mankind is so bright and they can say, we give Jesus, we give God our best because we go to the first day of the week. Hogwash. And, and you know, and I don't mean to the, to the Sunday keeper. They're good people. They just, I don't think I've ever taken the time to, to really analyze it and look at it. And like I said, do you think God could have given them food in any other way to, to do that? I think so. I think God could have given them a number of different ways. You probably would come up with some pretty good ideas yourself. Okay, I'll go pretty fast here. Uh, back to the New Testament. John 6, verse 30 through 35. Breaking into the context here. And they said unto him, What sign, you know, probably the Pharisees, you know, what sign show you then that we may see and believe you. You know, you've got to show us a sign. What do you work? Verse 31. Our fathers, this, this is them talking to Jesus. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus answered, and Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Moses didn't do it. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is for the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven. Jesus is that bread. Come down from heaven and gives it to the world. Then, verse 34, Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. Would Jesus take the bread of life and transfer it to the, and, and this is probably what I'm doing later on, and convert that into a heathen day? I am the bread of life, compared it to the manna. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. Hebrews, here, one more, two more scriptures, short ones. Hebrews 4, 1 through 11. And I've got here to read this from my Bible because I didn't take time to put it over here, so excuse me for just a little bit. Hebrews 4, 1 through 11, and, and this is familiar to most of us, and I'm just going to kind of break into a subject also, even though I'm starting in verse 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, 
any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter, and on a weekly basis, we do enter into rest as he, as he said. As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest through the works, though, oh, I'm sorry, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, God finished his work on the sixth day, seventh day. For he spoke in verse 4, for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day. How plain can you get on this wise? And God did rest the seventh day from his work. This is New Testament. And I know that there's some analogies that can be made off of this too. And in this place again, if they shall enter to my rest, seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. We believe, brethren. Verse 7, And again he limits a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it has, or as it is, Today, if you were hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So anybody out there that, that, that believes that they really should uh, 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 rest on uh, Sunday, just do yourself a favor and check into it. I think, you know, people will be tremendously blessed if they have an open mind and do that. The Scriptures will bear this out. This is not my... I didn't put this stuff in the Bible, believe me. I'm not that smart. Anyway, harden not your hearts, for if, uh, this, uh, if Jesus, it, it's, uh, I can't even think now, Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. Therefore, or no, there, remains therefore, even now there remains, a rest, and in that word, you look it up in the Greek, that's a sabbatismus, a keeping of a Sabbath. You guys can check me up on your deal. A keeping of the Sabbath to the people of God. Not the Jews. Maybe they're, in, I mean, they're included. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Verse 11, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. We can do that, but I don't think we will. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing even to the, or sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and the morals, and even your knee joints. <laughs> uh, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. One more verse, and I'm, I'm going to shut in, I think. Revelation 2, right back to the end of the, the Bible again, the last chapter in the Bible. Revelation 2, verse 17. He that has an ear, and that's probably with good hearing aids too, Right, Roy? 
Anyway, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes and to change your mind, to do whatever you need to do to repent from our false ways. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the hidden manna. The hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knows saving him that receives it. So, Jesus represents uh, represents manna, or Jesus represents manna, and said that I am the bread of life. So such close correlation between that. I just don't see him changing the worship of himself and God from the Sabbath to a day that represents, and pardon my cruelty if it sounds that way, from the Sabbath to that represents the day of the sun god. And if you look at that, and I'm not saying our Sunday keepers are worshiping the sun god, I don't say that, but you look at the, the calendar, you look at a lot of the stuff, and I don't think Jesus would be so cautious, I mean so careless to do something like that and acknowledge that. Do you think, in your mind, you don't have to answer me, but do you think God sanctioned the changing of the Sabbath to Sunday and made it holy. Do you think God sanctioned that? I'll just leave that with you.